I'm able to make more money through freelance, which is great. I mean, I, I have, you know, a very small number of clients. I'm happy with that. It works with, with my lifestyle and, and everything else at the minute. But even with the small number that I have, I'm able to earn more money through that than through my day job. In terms of how I charge them, so I, I have a day rate. So most of my clients that are on retainer pay that day rate based on however many days they, they would like to work. And I have a contract with them. But project-based work, which which I do a lot of uh, as well, is just project-based. It depends what the work is, the size of it, which I'm getting better at because I've definitely been guilty of just saying, oh, yeah, I'll do that for, for that price and then get the work. And it's a lot more URLs or a lot more in-depth than I was led to believe. And it's like, okay, I've shot myself in the foot here by just jumping in with a number or not fully considering everything that, that I perhaps should have. But, you know, that's that's a learning curve as well. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Dreading Sundays. I'm your host, Daniel K. Chung, and today I have the lovely Nikki Hallowell calling all the way from the UK. Nikki, why don't you say hi and introduce to our lovely audience who you do, what, what you do. <laughs> Just roll with it. You take over now. <laughs> oh, brilliant intro. Um, yeah, um, I'm Nikki Hallowell. Um I I don't even know where to start, to be honest. Yeah, so uh, I do tech SEO um, primarily, and I work agency side um, as, as my nine-to-five, as it were, and do freelance work on the side. Uh, when I'm not doing that, I'm spending time with my dog. I'm biased, but he's very cute. Um, yeah, it's um, all nice and busy, all fun. Lovely. Every dog owner, including myself, will say that our dog is the cutest. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that that well, that's your universal source of truth. So we'll leave it there. But in terms <laughs> of technical SEO, how did you find yourself in that specific area? Was it something that you un, like knew of in the beginning, or you know, explain that journey? Oh, I fell into it, um, and I was I was having this conversation the other day with with some of my colleagues and. The bunch of us didn't. We don't know anyone that started their career and was like, "I want to be a tech SEO." We all fell into it. So, um, of all things, I studied music technology at university, and then started working for a music company, a you know company in, in the music industry, and then they built a website. So at the time, I was actually doing like digital well it's not even digital PR but they called it that at the time but basically when like when like an artist would have like a new piece of music and we'd help them to get into playlist on Spotify or like blog reviews and that sort of thing so it's not what most people call digital PR but they did um so that's what I was doing for them they built a website uh, a new one and it, it wasn't great it had its issues and because I was sitting within the marketing department and we had this shiny new toy this shiny new website I liked the look of it and nobody else could do it so I was like well I'll have a look I'll, I'll see what we can do and then I ended up completely rebuilding it again um just on WordPress now if I was to look at it I would probably tear it to shreds and say how awful it was but at the time I was you know very proud of it and it worked a lot better than the last one so that was job done on on that side of things but yeah then then I found out that SEO was a thing which wasn't even on my radar at that point and then started getting under the hood and messing around with the HTML and seeing what tweaks I could make with there to improve various aspects of the site and started reading blogs, started 
following people on Twitter and all of that side of things. So yeah, definitely fell into it. But as I said at the start, it seems to be almost a universal truth for a lot of other people who just happen to work in SEO and then find this thing that we really enjoy. What does a technical SEO kind of mean to you? Good question. The way I describe it, especially to people that aren't in the industry or that like family members who have no idea of what we do, I describe it as like the engine of the car. So like what everybody sees is like the the body. So um, but then the, the tech SEO is is the engine. So I'm the person who's basically doing like the MLT or the equivalent of of the MLT on the car and making sure that it runs smoothly and efficiently and is fast and all of the fun stuff that I'm sure an actual car person could explain a lot better. Um, I know little about cars, but I can make the engine of a website work. (laughs) But yeah, that's, that's kind of how I describe it. And that's how it seems to help a lot of my family understand what, what the heck I'm doing all day. Um, but yeah, it's just that, making it run efficiently. Nice. That that's better than me. My my parents' family have no idea what I do, and I don't intend on explaining it to them. I was like, I honestly don't know how. <laughs> <laughs> so so another, for someone, remember, was like, you just sit and Google all day, right? I was like, yeah, fine, yeah, totally, yes, yes. <laughs> so for someone who may, you know may not have started their journey in SEO, or maybe they have, they're an SEO executive, and they're interested in tech SEO, how how did you get started into it? And how would you recommend that they dip their feet into it so that they can move into this thing called tech SEO? Mm. I broke the website that I built, so the one that I mentioned with the, with the music company, as I was messing with the HTML, yeah, book it. I, I accidentally took the website down. And that was the moment when I was like, oh, this tech SEO is is a thing because I started to read about how to fix what I'd just done. Because until then, I thought SEO was just page titles and meta descriptions and then there's nothing else to it. Obviously, I was I was very wrong in that. But then, yeah, that's how I did it. So then I was Googling what the heck to do to, to fix what I'd done. Found the likes of Search Engine Land and Search Engine Journal and Moz and all those types of um, larger publications and started to read up on them. Managed to fix what I'd done. And then it was like, okay, this is this is really cool. And then I started to to Google um, people on Twitter. And so it was through the, the authors of those articles, I found them on Twitter, started to follow them and got into it and stuff. But it was, what really helped me was having my own website because you can do what you want when it's your own website and no one's going to shout at you if you break that. Um, so I just had, well, it's on the same domain that, that I have now, so it was just my own personal website. It's had many iterations since then. Um, but then also just like project-based websites, so like something that you're interested in, whether it's photography or music or whatever, just have like a little website on that and just... The way I did it is I'd, I'd have a hypothesis based on like the little articles that I'd been reading or what I'd seen people tweeting about. So I thought, like, okay, so I'll try it and then see if it worked and then start to apply that to my personal website because that was the one that I cared about more than my little project-based website at the time. So that was like my little playground. 
And I think that works really well. And that's what I've spoken to to other people about who are starting or wanting to get into the industry is, yeah, have a play, break things, learn, test and, and repeat. And, you know, that's what a lot of us still do even further on in our career. So it's, it doesn't matter where you're at. 100%. Sometimes we even break things on the client side. Oops. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but- that's fun. <laughs> uh, yes sarcasm tag inserted <laughs> strong sarcasm yes we've all been there it's not a, it's not a pleasant experience and that's when you learn to introduce parameters like let's have a staging site or maybe we're not responsible for implementing things onto a live site <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah definitely didn't know a staging site was a thing when i first started no me neither me neither no one just, mentions oh, that just, and it's some hosts don't even offer it. So even if we went through the steps, like I, I had my own website for like nine years as a wedding photographer, but I have never heard of staging site. I just thought this WordPress build, this is all. And sometimes when updating a plugin and then something happens, the whole site goes down. And then, yes, it's a fun process of Googling why and how to recover that. So, yes, going back to the original question when it comes to tech SEO, if you had to say yes or no, do you feel as though someone who wants to learn tech SEO needs to have their own website or at least access to a backend? Well, preferably theirs. I'd say yes. Yeah, it's got to make a massive difference in terms of your own learning and development. Yeah. See, what I used to do before a staging site as well on um, on WordPress is I'd just save things as draft. So even if I'm like I'm editing the homepage and I didn't know anything about a staging site or how to publish it live bit by bit so i just like save as draft and then when things are ready then publish it and yeah don't do that don't, don't do that. That, that that goes wrong easily as well <laughs> okay let's say for this person who's listening they're about they want to start their own site what platform would you recommend they start with or does it even matter hmm I've always started with WordPress um, just because I find it to be one of the most accessible. It's I can't remember the latest statistics, but it's like one of, if not still, the most popular CMS You know that, that most websites are built on. Um, so learning that can certainly help you when you come to working client-side or, or on client websites because you're more likely to be familiar with those. Um so it also depends what you're most interested in. Um, like if you're, if you find like the e-commerce side of things and you want to learn about products and selling those online, then you might want to look at others. You definitely can do that on, on WordPress, but there's the likes of Shopify, who I always call Spotify. I know what the difference is, but even in client meetings, I end up saying, oh yeah, when your website's on Spotify and they're like, well um but yeah shopify is good um that one is also really quite useful for like smaller brands and each cms has its limitations but shopify definitely has its own so it's useful to know them yourself before you get your hands dirty with with a client website but yeah just um, try and have a play with, with as many as you can because, yeah, you're right. Platform-specific, they all out-of-the-box have some inconsistencies or some inefficiencies. 
how like it's always access that's the hardest thing like building your own wordpress relatively easy shopify has more of an upfront cost i believe i think and so it's a little bit less accessible going back to why you said wordpress i think that statistic was Mm -hmm. 30 percent, but that's a few years old yeah but yeah like how i think looking back at my journey my biggest struggles with tech seo had to do with javascript rendering and when you're you know doing a wordpress build you don't really run into that unless you know you're using wp bakery (laughs) but apart from that wordpress out of the box google can generally crawl render and index but then you know when i worked at the agency working on you know big tier one or enterprise clients who are single page applications and I'm firing up screaming programs like, why is this not crawling? <laughs> that just shows I had so much to learn. How, yeah. no, apart from having your own website, what would you say was your, at what point did you go, oh, I'm definitely into technical SEO and I know enough about it? Hmm. I can't put my finger on on that moment, but yeah, it was just as I kept working on on that music website and just kept going with it. Ended up being made redundant from there um, in the end. Um, And then I was like, okay, now what do I do? Do I want to stay in music? Do I want to specialise more in in this side of things? And I I did try to, to stay in music and that's what my degree was in. So I felt like I wanted to stick with what, what that related to industry-wise. But then I ended up, that was in a different city, and then I ended up moving back to Manchester with family, and Manchester is full of digital agencies. Um, And then, yeah, I managed to get a job in uh, an agency here, and that was was probably the moment when I was like, okay, yeah, this is is definitely for me, because that's when I was really able to get my hands dirty with lots of different types of websites, and most of them were on WordPress, for sure, but then there were some that were on Shopify and a few others that were on CMSs that I'd never heard of at the time. Um, I never knew what Magento was. That was a completely foreign word back then. And, you know, there's all sorts of ones now. Obviously, there's there's Wix and, and plenty of others that were just, at the time, made up words to me. And I was like, what what is this? All I know is, is WordPress. Um, but, yeah, that, that would have been the moment was, was my first agency job. All right, since you said the magic word agency, what are your thoughts on someone learning SEO? Would it be, I mean, I guess, I'm not sure how anyone could learn in-house and how they would get that role, but let's say they could. Agency versus in-house versus maybe even going out on your own. What are your opinions on each if it's someone who is starting out, has a few years of experience, or someone who's a bit more senior? Um, I haven't really worked in-house, like the, the music company is like the closest reference I have to that. Um, the benefits of that meant that I was just dedicated to that one website, which was nice and was able to tweak it relatively as, as much as I wanted. Um, but I do like agency side and that's where I personally was able to, to learn the most because you're not just on the one website and every website is different even if there's two websites in the same industry built on wordpress they're gonna have their own difficulties and you know is 
if it, what themes are they using? Are they using like out of the box themes, a custom theme? Are they using WP Bakery as you mentioned? Because those have have different challenges on on each of them. So for me, it was definitely the the diversity of each of the clients that that allowed me to learn that. Um, but you know, it depends on how you like to learn. I mean, there's um, there's someone that I'm speaking to on on email and and Twitter, and they're going about it their own way and now they're actually working on one of my um personal websites one of my little project sites that I've now got and you know she's very very capable of what she does she's like been auditing the likes of um, ASOS and, and other large e-commerce sites like that so that she can understand how they work and what their challenges are but implementing little things and coming up with ideas content and strategy wise for my little old website that is brand new so it has like next to no traffic um but i feel like she's she's learning a lot from that so i guess it just depends on like your learning style yeah good answer also kind of like it depends <laughs> i know i don't want to be another no, SEO no, no. cliche that keeps saying it depends but <laughs> no. it really does no you gave a very good thoughtful response that was contextualized and and it mirrors my own experience like agency i think it's a great way to really go into the deep end you have so many different types of sites and situations that you get exposed to that uh if you're a fast learner if you're a self-starter that's a really good way to boost yourself in a couple of years uh and now that i've moved in-house totally different game very different board game things are very fast but at the same time very slow it's an really odd feeling uh, but yes it's only one one problem well not really but it, it's one big problem <laughs> not yeah, a million I've different different clients i think that's the difference it's just one client same amount of fires but it's just one thing whereas everything else is different priorities with stakeholders different well in-house similar i'll just stop talking now <laughs> but you have your own you know you freelance or you you run your own business as a consultant what is that like nikki it's great. Like I, I definitely enjoy the freedom and just being able to, you know, kind of work my own hours as well with that, which I can with with my agency job as well um, at, at my current agency. Um, they have like flexible working, but you know, being able to do the freelance stuff in in my own time is is definitely something that I really enjoy, and a lot of my clients benefit as well because some of them are, you know full-on businesses but there's also some that are also working side projects and they're still working at 11 p.m at night because they have their own nine to five and stuff so you know they they completely understand and they also like the fact that you know i'm doing this on on the side as well as them but in some ways it's the same as the agency side as well because again you get a lot more challenges a lot more cmss um a lot of different sized businesses as i've mentioned and yeah it's it's going quite nicely and you know you can pick and choose who you want to work with as well which you know you don't always have to deal with the difficult clients because you're the boss so you can decide if, if you don't want to work with them anymore and all that sort of stuff which is definitely fun it's really good as well and just in terms of you know whether you're in-house or, or agency a lot of people do get the experience of how to communicate certain things with clients and dealing with with stakeholders but when when you're the boss 
it it all falls back on you so you kind of learn like a different side of it and a different skill set and I do really enjoy that I I find it really really exciting and and inspiring as well and I like that I'm, I'm able to do both. Hey what have you learned about yourself by being your own boss? I work too much. I'm a workaholic. Um, I'm like positive things, is... Nikki. <laughs> that is a positive thing. Like I, I enjoy what I do, and I, I see it as a positive. Um, my wife is always telling me to turn off though when I'm still working at eleven o'clock, and she wants to sit down and watch Love Island or whatever the hell show we're, we're watching at the time. Um, I, I also like the detail. Um, was probably and I mean I knew that anyway, but when it's like your own side of things, you can get more into the detail. You've got to stay within budget, of course, and that's the whole point of having your own business. You're more aware of it, I find, when it's when it's all on you, because if you're not, it directly affects you. Rather than sometimes people can fall into trappers, oh, it only affects the business; it doesn't affect me, which isn't always true, of course. But you you feel it more when when you're doing your own stuff. Um, so yeah, definitely detail orientated and multitasking is is definitely something that you have to be more able to manage manage, especially in terms of like helping you to get more business. So you know, promoting yourself on socials or or however you you want to do that. But yeah, just the ability of of wearing many different hats. Indeed. Now you mentioned staying within budget. So I, I kind of want to take the last few minutes to talk about money. A, how much, like, how do you charge for freelance work? You don't have to give numbers, but like just broad strokes of how you scope that out. And B, because I think it's general knowledge now that the UK salaries for SEOs are generally a lot less than the US and in Australia. Yep. What has you know your career in SEO through the multiple agencies that you've been with? What does that look like in terms of salary ranges? So two questions. Mm, okay, um, I'm able to make my money through freelance, which is great. I mean, I, I have you know a very small number of clients uh, compared to most freelancers. I'm happy with that. It works with with my lifestyle and and everything else at the minute. But even with the small number that I have, I'm able to earn more money through that than through my day job, which is very, very nice. And in terms of how I charge them, um, so I, I have a day rate. So most of my clients that are on retainer pay that day rate based on however many days they, they would like to work. Um, and I have a contract with them as well similar to agency you know i have a contract and if you want to leave it's it's one month's notice you know um but project-based work which which i do a lot of uh, as well is just project-based it depends what the work is the size of it which i'm getting better at because i've definitely been guilty of just saying oh yeah i'll do that for for that price and then i get the work and it's a lot more urls or a lot more in depth than i was led to believe and it's like okay i've shot myself in the foot here by just jumping in with a number or not fully considering everything that, that I perhaps should have but you know that's that's a learning curve as well um I also do like bits of like white label stuff for, for colleagues um of um of mine or, or ex-colleagues and also other agencies you know I do white uh, label work for them and sometimes it's a case of 
them coming to me and saying, this is the budget I have. Can you work to that budget? And sometimes they come to me and said, we need this piece of work. What can you, you know, what budget can you work to? What, what would you charge us for this piece of work? So that is something that you, you learn as well. Um, but yeah, salary wise in, in the UK is, is a weird one. And you see a lot of that, especially of, of late on Twitter and people comparing how it different it is in, in the US, which is a little bit frustrating sometimes because there's a big difference. I know it's a different currency. So obviously you've got like the, the conversion and things like that. But when you see the numbers themselves for, you know, the same level of, of seniority as yourself and it's like, damn, like, is that really what, what I could be making? And yeah, it's a shame. Um, but what what I've had is, and I don't know how this works for in-house, although I have heard that, free, uh, that in-house does pay more than, than agency, but with a lot of them, it's trying to get that promotion of that increase in, in pay, even if it's not a promotion, you know, everyone wants to pay wise. And that's why I left a previous agency job have nothing bad to say about that agency they're great I still speak to them and still speak to several colleagues but I got to that point where I knew that there wasn't anywhere that I could progress and I wasn't getting paid what I excuse me what I felt I deserved and what I knew that other people were getting and we had those conversations and I just knew it wasn't feasible which which was really sad um and I didn't want to leave because they're great people and that can be really difficult to find in SEO but also I've, I've made that mistake before and been too loyal perhaps when I shouldn't or just not felt like I've been able to stick up for myself a little bit and, and know your own worth so that's definitely something that I've learned in the past several years is knowing when it's time to move on and it's it's not always personal and it, it shouldn't be you know there's there's no reason to burn bridges and it's okay to to move on to get what you deserve pay-wise and there's a, a friend of mine actually he's he's a developer um and I know a few people that have done this it's not this um this particular guy but he's a developer and he's left his agency several times gone elsewhere but then come back to where he was previously and he does that so he can get a pay-wise um because he knows that if he was to stay even to put his case across and go through all of the the usual channels that he should he wouldn't get it but by leaving and coming back he knows that, that he can get an increase and it's the same on SEO for some people it's definitely not just dev specific and as I say he's not the only one that I know who's done that but that in itself is sad I think that's the only way that they feel like they can get what they deserve. Yes I have observed the same thing and you know if it works go for it like oh yeah if as you said it's not a personal decision. It's about how do you improve your quality of life while providing the agency or your employer a higher quality of work. And that's the only way is, you know, a previous guest has said the only way to get a pay rise or a promotion was to jump ship. And if it means to coming back was you love that workplace, by all means, go for it. I think sometimes that is necessary for the senior leadership to, to go, okay, we have to pay this rate because this person was paid X amount elsewhere. We really want them. We value their skills. We have to match that. And and that's fair enough. 
And it's very hard to build that business case. Like you could present all the numbers. And this comes back down to having a good network. You know, you can talk to your peers. You can get an understanding of what is getting paid for what responsibilities. If you don't have that, then good luck. Without that, it's it's really difficult. And therefore, thank you for sharing that story. I think I think for those of us who have been in an organization for two, three years or even less, if you do realize that maybe you could earn more elsewhere, put out some feelers. I think that's okay. It's it, Again, it's not a personal decision. It's just, after all, it's business. Yeah, absolutely. And when I even know some other agencies in Manchester who are direct competitors of each other, but they know that agency A has great people but they're underpaid. So agency B, who's the direct competitor, knows that they can approach them and get their staff. And it's not a case of poaching them because they don't, but they know that when those people are looking, are actively looking for a new job, they know that they're really, really good at what they do and highly trained, but just underpaid. So they know that they can approach them and say, come and work for us. We do the same thing. You know how things work and we'll pay you X, which is better. And a lot of the time they do. And it's, yeah, it's, it's definitely not a bad thing to be able to do that. It's definitely a positive to, to get more money. And the industry is Indeed. small as well. There's there's a lot of us within it, but it's it's also very small. And just, just talk to people. That's that's what I found has, has worked really well as well. You know, when you make friends within the industry, it definitely becomes a lot easier to do that. And you can put the feelers out. It's nice. A, a lot of people in SEO are really great people and not willing to help whether it's to learn new skills or to help you find a new job. It's, everyone's lovely. Great answer. And and you're right. It's a very small industry. So, yeah, don't burn your bridges unnecessarily because you never know. Sure. That person could help you get a new client or get a new job. And it comes back to even if you do get poached, when you get that new offer, show that to your employer. Maybe they'll match it. If they don't, then leave. <laughs> All right, we're kind of at the tail end, Nikki. Do you have any lasting words of wisdom to whoever may be in similar shoes to as you were once? Go and break a website. <laughs> it's, I feel like that's counter, not counter. I was going to say counterintuitive, but that's not the word. Um, a lot of people wouldn't give that advice, but that's also how you learn the most. Is is what I'm trying to say. But yeah, just just get your hands dirty. Don't be afraid to ask for more as well you know going back to what we were just saying about the money like definitely as, as daniel said it depends for what your reasons could be for leaving that company if it's just money yeah show them show them that and that's okay if you just want to leave for more money that's fine like some people make it out as if you should feel bad for wanting more money but absolutely not never feel bad for that so yeah if, it, if it's just money that you want absolutely you know show them that offer and you you might be able to get it that way but if it's not just about money that's completely okay too and you can you can move on for, for those reasons as well awesome last comment or question which football team do you go for oh you see i wish that was just a one-word answer um <laughs> in my house my dad is a manchester united fan my mom is a manchester city fan so Derby Day Ooh. with us was always good fun. Um, I've played football all of my life. As a very young kid, I was a Manchester City fan, and there's photos to prove it, which 
I used to deny. Um, but I always followed uh, Manchester United uh, since then. But the last few seasons have been frustrating. Um, and I have started to look at more Manchester City. But there's there's a reason for that. And that's because I've played all my life, as I mentioned. So back in the day, I had a trial for Manchester United women. But I had knee problems and, and that never came to fruition. But also the United team for women folded at the time. So when the Women's League started, I couldn't follow Manchester United because they didn't exist. So me and my mum followed City, which was nice because it meant we had that in common as well, whereas it has been been me and my dad. Um, Now that United do have a women's team, again, I should probably support them considering I'm a United fan, but I like the little Manchester City thing that me and my mum have there with, with the women's side. So... I do follow both, which is very controversial, and I followed them for for different reasons. But yeah, it's fun. Um, I went to the City Stadium a couple of months ago now um, for the first time, which was like for my mum's like Mother's Day present, which and that was a men's match as well. Um, so that was great fun. It was actually a really good game, to be fair. But yeah, just a little closeted Manchester United fan in the corner cheering for Manchester City was um, was quite fun. <laughs> Such a such a complicated situation. I'm glad I asked. <laughs> <laughs> I wish it was a one-word answer, but yeah. We're good on you. All right, Nikki, <laughs> thank you so much for your time and sharing your experiences and insights. I'm going to put your socials or at least your Twitter and LinkedIn into, well, the show notes or whatever they're called these days, and I'm assuming that they can contact you that way. <laughs> Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, you can also message through the website if you want. I'll answer whichever way you get in touch. But yeah, no, it's uh, been quite fun. So thank you for having me. Lovely. All right, folks, that's another episode of Dreading Sundays wrapped. If you haven't subscribed, be sure to do so and I'll catch you in the next episode.